Wait a minute, I hear something. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie, your favorite show on wheels, or one of your favorite shows on wheels. It's a show on wheels. <laughs> uh, kind of, uh, you know, been getting into the whole Halloween spirit of doing the movies. Uh, you've seen the recent post I've been putting out. But uh, my good friend, the legend, Dan Bone, uh, asked me about, uh, hey, would love to know what your favorite werewolf movie is. Well, I told him I would do my top three, but that's kind of extended. Uh, I just kind of started going back and revisiting a lot that have always kind of stuck out to me. And uh, so I've got several, several, several? I've got several, which is probably not a good thing. Uh, I've got several honorable mentions so I'm, I'm gonna cover my my top three I told him I think I told him I'd do my top three it's probably more of a top five kind of thing you know how it, it just grows you, you know you can't do just one then you can't do just three but uh, there's several I want to bring up I don't necessarily want to talk about each of them in this point I guess just because of time constraints I'll run out of time if, if I cram in every werewolf movie I want to talk about between now and Halloween, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I can. But I thought I'd start right here. Uh, we are talking about Bad Moon from 1996. Um, not the best movie, but I, I, I like a lot about it. I'll tell you one thing I really like about it. It's about the only movie where we get a werewolf in a natural surrounding. Because in just about every other movie, it's, it's either in a city or, you know, you get my drift. This one, they're actually out in the wilderness, which is kind of nice. Uh, you can say that. I mean, there's a couple of other ones, I guess. But this one is totally about living out in the middle of nowhere and dealing with it, right? Uh, you know, the howling's got part of that, too, in a way. But this one is, you know, totally about it being out in the wilderness. Um, from 96, horror movie, in case you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, who is this directed by? Having trouble with my signal this morning, folks. Uh, from Eric Red. Eric Red, Eric Red, yes, you know Eric Red, um, the guy that did Body Parts. Uh, of course, the first thing you think of is The Hitcher, right? Didn't want to throw that out there first. Things going to see what else he did. Uh, yeah, Body Parts. That's one people don't talk about enough. Should they? That's my question to you. Should people talk about Body Parts? I mean, the movie. You know, not just body parts in general, because they can get a little creepy. Or sexual. Um, oh, yeah, forgotten. Uh, near Dark. God. 
So yeah, okay, blue steel. I didn't know he did blue steel. So there you go. Uh, some 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 street cred for you for sure. Uh, let's look at our synopsis. It says, "Ready to go? Here we go." Ted is working in Nepal, where he and his girlfriend are attacked by a mysterious creature. That doesn't sound totally correct. When he and his girlfriend are attacked by a mysterious creature, Ted, uh, though brutally maimed, survives, but his girlfriend is not so lucky. To help his recovery, he moves closer to his sister, Janet. Uh, this is a lot to read. And her son, Brett. But soon realizes that he was attacked by a werewolf. Ted is helpless to stop the transformation. And only Brett's German shepherd, Thor, is able to see that Ted's Ted is a danger to everyone around him. You know, that's the other thing I like about this, too. This is based off a book called Thor, uh, the, the dog. And a cool little spin, right? So, uh, yeah, all right. I didn't know they were in Nepal, but... Uh, wait a minute, I just lost my... There we go. Got it pulled back up. Um, why to watch? Well, three words for you, if I can say them. Uh, ominous, intense, and suspenseful. Yeah, maybe for a minute or so. <laughs> uh, it's a very film. It's very film-like with well-resolved uh, grain from scene to scene and, and fine detail is strong in all respects, whatever, this guy's just, I don't know, spitting out some stuff, I did see though what he's talking about, because I thought, man, the, the quality of this is not really up to par when you think about movies, even from the mid-90s, uh, yeah, it is, it is grainy, possibly on purpose, possibly, not saying that it is, Bad Moon is, isn't a great film, but is competent. Uh, it's a competent one with enough inspiration and, and individuality to impress. Yeah, you know, I think it's the story more than anything else that makes this one work. And that's a good thing. It's not perfect, but, uh, but is a tense and gory little movie with a solid cast. Especially it's canine star. Yeah, this one. This one I totally agree with. This is kind of my thoughts of this movie. Not a perfect movie. Uh, and we'll talk about why. Uh, you got to remember, it's mid-90s. So, you know, we, we got a little happy with that CGI button that we pushed on our computer. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I, th I think the cast is perfect. And speaking of cast, we haven't talked about who it is. Uh, also got a 5.8 out of 10. And that's kind of where it sits. It's kind of right there in the middle, right? But yeah, let's talk about our cast. We have uh, Michael Pere in this. I mean, I love a Pere, right? <laughs> um, Eddie and the Cruisers. I mean, instantly, first thing you think of, uh, Streets of Fire. Uh, you know, he's... he's in a weird kind of way, he's kind of a 
delusional 80s icon. Because he's in a lot of stuff that we love. We just don't bring him up enough. We got Mason Gamble in this. That's right. Dennis the Menace. He's the little boy in Dennis the Menace. He's still a little boy in this movie. And that's the first thing I said when this came on. I was like, oh, hey, it's Dennis the Menace. Which uh, maybe I need to cover sometime. I actually went to the theater and saw it when it came out and chuckled quite a bit. Chuckles the key word there if you... I'm sorry, not chuckles. They were chicklets. Anywho. uh, More fun than I expected. We'll get Mario Hemingway in this, which, you know, Superman 3... I don't know, them Hemingway, I mean, she was she was kind of everywhere at this point, right? And that's really all you need to know. That's that's the three. Um, we kind of get into this one. Uh, the, the synopsis pretty much told it all, right? Mary Hemingway is kind of living with her own, with her son. Uh, the strange guy comes up, and he's peddling something. And um, I think he's just you know, looking to find fault with something, and uh, gets attacked by Thor. Thor is like, can can pick up that this is not a good person, and uh, he threatens to sue, and he's going to get a lawyer, but the thing is, is she's a lawyer, so he's, she's like, look, I'm kind of calling your bluff here. <sighs> and, uh, you know, they're, they're living their life in a house out in the middle of nowhere, and, uh, she gets a phone call from her brother, Uncle Ted. Well, he's not Uncle Ted. He's Ted. He's Uncle Ted, the, the little boy. And he's like, uh, hey, will not y'all come, uh, come visit sometime, right? So they drive out to where he is. And uh, he's living out in, he's living in a camper down by the river. And uh, they go to visit him and kind of hang out and, you know, at the same time all this is going on, well, I'd say the same time, a little earlier, we see a, a, a guy out in the forest doing some kind of work, gets attacked, brutal attack, looks pretty dang good. Uh, and then you see his torso later on, like, tore into just chunks, and it's just stuck on sticks up in a tree. And I'm like, hey, you know what? That's pretty good. And... Uh, it, it kind of gives me the the vibe of uh, um, prophecy, you know, the the gigantic mutated bear movie. It kind of has that kind of feel to it, which again, you know, one of my one of my favorite horror movies, monster movies. So points for that. And uh, you know, they come and visit, and everything's hunky dory, and they leave, and then. Mary Hemingway gets a call from him later on. He's like, hey, uh, you mind if I come stay with you? Because uh, things are getting pretty bad here. <laughs> and his whole property or wherever he's at is covered up with police and investigators. And they found this body, and uh, which just tore all to pieces. And, uh, you know, so he's wanting to get out of there, right? So they hook up his camper or his trailer, and he's now parked in her backyard and this is where he's living. And as this goes on, you're getting more and more ideas that he's dealing with something that uh, that people shouldn't have to deal with. He literally goes out at night with a pair of handcuffs, which his sister finds, 
and thinks, hey, you know, what what you do on your own time, you know, none of my business. And uh, he's like, look, I'm I'm not that kind of freak, you know, which we would all say, right? And uh, but he goes out and chains himself to a tree, handcuffs him around himself around a tree so he won't hurt anybody, because he's gonna change. Now. Uh, I'm not going to go much further than that. The dog can sense that, you know, that uh, Michael Bray's got a problem. Uncle Ted's Uncle Ted's not a necessarily a good person. But uh, I kind of leave it there because it, it really works well with this cast. Here's the problem. We've got, it's 96, and I have to say, the actual werewolf looks pretty good it's not terrible some shots of it look great the problem this movie has one is we stay on the uh, the animatronics a little too long it's better when you see it in just quick little snips right instead of just dwelling on it and you can see it being limited by you know what, what the animatronics can do that kind of hurts it Still looks good, I'll give it that. What hurts this movie is the transformation that we finally get to see because it is all just, uh, it's it's that CGI, uh, almost kind of Terminator 2, just, you know, melt him into a glob and he just turns back into a werewolf. I mean, it's, it's that's the problem with this movie. If they would go back and cut that, I don't know, five seconds out of that transformation this movie is a lot more solid this really hurts this movie um, I think it hurt it then I think it really hurts it now because for a werewolf to change we we want it to be that that painful stretching of the hands all that good stuff right and here you just kind of get this you know, he just turns into kind of a pile of goo, and bam, there's a werewolf. Yeah, uh, that's that's the problem, right? But I still say this is a pretty good werewolf movie. Uh, it stays true to the most part, and I, I love the fact that so much of it is based around the dog nowhere. Um, the dog does react, right? Because there's a werewolf around and Macaparay ends up pushing the blame on the dog and the dog ends up getting carried away to a pound because he's too dangerous even though he's totally innocent and but he ends up coming back and saving the day and I'm not going to tell you how you have to watch the movie that's pretty much my thoughts on this one uh, it's, it's it's a good little werewolf movie. It's just got about 10 seconds of stuff that really hurts it. And like I said, it, it dwells a little too long on the animatronics trying to show off how cool they are, but at the same time, it kind of hurts it. But I would rather see that any day versus the really bad CGI. I don't even want to call it a transformation. It's just more of a, I don't know what you call it. We've seen it a hundred times in really bad 90s movies 
and that's the problem. It's, 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 I guess it was new technology of the time, but it does not hold up. Anywho, I still say you need to check this one out. I put it right there in the middle, just like they were saying. This is a three out of five, but worth checking out. So there you go, folks. There's Bad Moon for you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. There's more werewolf madness coming at you. So just hold on to your seats, folks. We will check you later.